You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. You guys are sounding awesome out there. There is a God, He is alive. I know that's how Colby's feeling because he's married now. He was struggling with that principle until he saw the beautiful Rebecca say, I do. He is now married in the kingdom of God and he's joined the fellowship of the ranks. The title of the lesson is, Do You Love God? Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1. Do you love God? John chapter 1. Of course, John was not one of the synoptic gospels. He did not see together. Of course, the word synoptic means to see together. Matthew, Mark, and Luke saw John or saw God the same way they saw God together. But John saw things a bit differently. And if you've ever rode the, the London tube, dare we say, and someone's given you an explanation of the tube, and they've given you that, expl- that explanation from the platform, that, that's one explanation. But if someone's giving you the explanation of God from inside the tube, dare we say on rush hour, that's a whole nother explanation. Are you with me? You may have had, you have some insights that others don't have. And yet that is our, our, our brother, John. John says in the beginning of his gospel, something very, very, very powerful. He says in chapter one, verse 24, says now some Pharisees who had been sent question him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elisha, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. John was the best guy at doing the welcome right there. (laughs) He could do an amazing welcome and get you fired up for Jesus. Says the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. You know, it was it was the slaves that actually even wore sandals. He says, I'm not even worthy to be a slave, let alone untie them. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. And he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me and the church said. Right here, John sees something incredible. He sees Jesus as the Lamb of God. He says, look, the Lamb of God. In the midst of everything going on spiritual in his life, he still took the time to look for God. He goes, the Lamb of God. Of course, if you were Jewish, you understood what he meant by a lamb. A lamb was sacrificed not once, not twice, not three times. A lamb was sacrificed every single morning and every single evening in the Old Testament. And the lamb would represent that you had to physically, in the Old Testament, physically pay for your sins with a lamb. Dare we say you had a quote-unquote kind of a, a retribution. You had to, there was a payment. You had to pay for your own sins. And John sees God. And he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We live in a time where people don't see God or the Lamb of God, who's the only thing that can take away sin. We live in a time where we want to explain away sin. We want to talk away sin. 
We want to rationalize sin. But John says the only way your sin can be taken away is when you see the Lamb of God. And that Lamb is sacrificed for your sin. Are you with me here, church? I got to ask you, do you love God? Do you truly love God? You know, thinking about someone sacrificing for our sins sounds a little bit strange in the quote-unquote 21st century. But that's what Jesus did for us. Whether you're a Christian or not, he still died for your sin. Whether you know whether you're in sin or not, he died for your sin. After all, Paul tells those in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul says, we've all sinned. We all fall short. We all need the Lamb of God. Are you with me here? I pray you you believe you need the Lamb of God. We live in a society that questions whether they even believe in God. And yet today, God is not asking you if you believe in Him. He doesn't have time to waste. He's asking, do you love Him? asking do you believe in the word of God he's asking do you love the word of God it's very important to understand that since we've all fallen short that's a universal statement that's a universal charge that's a charge for all of mankind that we all fall short and need the lamb. And it's not only a universal charge, it has universal implications. I look around, I see different people. I look around the world, I see different people. We all have different thoughts. We all have different habits. We all have a different upbringing. Even in this room, we all have a different level of education. We have different races. Sometimes those things can make us take a different stance when it comes to loving God. A different stance when it comes to what is sin. A different stance when it comes to what does it mean to be a man or a woman of God. But when you love God, and it's all about God, you let God define what right is. You let God define what wrong is. You let God define what sin is. It's all about God. That's what Paul was saying. Of course, the Greek word falls short is U-S-T-E-R-O-U-N-T-A-I. We all fall short of the glory of God. The Greek word, because Greek was the known language at that time, means to come late. Says we all come late. I pray you didn't come late today. If you're convicted, amen. It also means to be behind. He says God is here and you're behind him. You've come too late. Of course we understand the word sin in Greek means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. In other words, you missed the bullseye. You miss that which you're going for. 
And of course, when you love God, you're going for God. And when you when you when you're not, of course, a gun shoots straight. When you're not shooting straight, and you miss the mark, you miss the bullseye, you miss God. Then you sin. You fall short. You come late. You are behind. I never forget the time I got a chance to go out with Ellie and Jonathan Channer right there, and I got a chance to do what. I've always wanted to do, go clay pigeon shooting, baby. I put on my English hat, my tr I got my tweed and my straw going on. I, I didn't have the waiters right there and stuff, but it, it was incredible. I, I got out there and I got, I got the rifle going right there and I was in the English countryside. I was feeling good about it. I got the gun going and, and the, the pigeon goes up. Wait over here. I very much so missed the mark. Jonathan gets up there, he nails it. I got a little competitive and a little bitterness came over my heart at that moment. I repented very quickly. We moved on to the next station. I said, and, and, and the, the guy just he said, you just calm down and you just need to focus. Quit trying to do too much. Just focus on the target. And, 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 I, and I was like, and he goes, he goes, you have a hard time learning, don't you? I go, this sounds like a discipling time right now. The Lord here. And, and so I just kind of sat and I focused. And the pigeon goes up. One. Another one goes up. Two. Another one goes up. Three. Four. But I was just nailing it right there. Almost looked over at Jonathan and said, oh yeah, baby. This is your preacher right here. <laughs> what hit the mark is when I was shooting straight. And I was focused. You know, we as disciples who love God, we got to shoot straight. And we got to be focused. I pray you're someone in the audience that shoots straight. That if you don't love God, you're honest about it. You're open about it. And if you want to love God, you seek solace in the Word of God. But one thing we will not be as a people that don't shoot straight. What am I talking about? Lying. We will not be a people that are not honest. We all fall short, so none of us is any better than the other. But we've got to be honest about those shortcomings so that Jesus can make up the rest. You know, one of my heroes in the Bible, and John, is Thomas right here. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. The Bible says this in verse 24. Now Thomas called Didymus was one of the twelve. He was out with the disciples when Jesus came. It's not good to miss meetings of the body. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I mean, John, or, or Thomas was like so many of us, putting conditions on commitment. Putting conditions on his faith. I'll believe if. I'll believe if. Again, Jesus said, Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 29. Or verse 26, rather. It says, A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them, though the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. 
see my hands, reach out and put it into my side. Of course, Jesus is so awesome right here. These are his scars that he got. Jesus tells Thomas, he says, put your finger here. Put your, put your finger where the pain was. Put your finger where the scars were. You know, we're so embarrassed at the scars that we face in life. We're so ashamed of our scars. And yet Jesus was proud of his scars. He was confident in the scars that he took in this world. And his scars gave other people faith. Do your scars give other people faith? Do your scars give other people a reason to believe there is a God? Or do your wounds and the wounds inflicted on you as you, you've lived this life stop people from believing there is a God? See, I've been abandoned. At the age of 14, I was left. Never knew my father. And I was forced to figure out some things in life very early on. And I was a very bitter man, very angry, very scarred, very hurt. 17 years old, I was, a fa I, I was the father for all three of my younger brothers. And it was during that time I really started turning to God in prayer. And for years, I didn't even like those scars. I didn't want to talk about those scars. Some of those scars made me doubt and not believe in Jesus. Because if God loved me, why would he allow these scars to come on me? Are you with me here? I don't know if I'm talking to people who have any scars. See, I'm here to encourage you, but you got to encourage me as well. Don't be selfish now. Don't sit there and be selfish and wait to be entertained. We're in church today. And if I'm here to preach the word to encourage you, you got to encourage me. See, if the church is doing bad, it's my fault. But if I'm doing bad, it's your fault. We are in this together. We are a family till the end. Verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And guess who that is? That's everybody that's here today. You haven't seen God, but you believe, I think. I think. And I'm just a mere man. What about God? Does he really believe you love him? You know, the world has us looking at Thomas as doubting Thomas. But when you know his story, Thomas actually went to India as a missionary. And of course, in India, there weren't one, there weren't two, there weren't three. There were over 300,000 deities at the time when Thomas went to India. 300,000. And yet he went and he said, Jesus is the only God. Jesus is the only way. And of course, he was eventually killed by jealous Hindi priests. Because to them, he was insulting their God. And for those that know the history, Thomas died. And yet the world tells you he's doubting Thomas. I say he's dying Thomas. Do you love God? Are you willing to die? You know, we look at the Bible and we look at our heroes. We say they're willing to physically die. And yet God just wants us to die spiritually to ourselves. To show that we love God. It's all about loving God. You know, I'm so inspired by the brothers and sisters who love God. And I'm so honored that I was able to be a part of our global leadership conference. And I thank the church for sending everyone that they sent to get encouragement, to give encouragement, to see the miracles that we saw there. I was moved by the church in Lagos, Nigeria. See, our brothers and sisters in Lagos, Nigeria, they love God. 
It doesn't matter how many preachers are preaching a false gospel. There still are sold out disciples in Nigeria. Are they here tonight or today? You know, the church in Lagos has done an incredible job. Andrew and Patrick have, have done an amazing job. In their first year, 77 people baptized. That said, I love God. And see, you know, you know when someone really loves God. They don't love the American dream or the British dream. They love God's dream. You know, we've had some that claim to be lovers of God. Who, when called to go back to their own home country, are more afraid of their country than they are the flames of hell. I say that not to offend, but to tell you the truth from my heart. And yet I'm so inspired by men and women who love God. I got a phone call this week from a brother who said, Brother, I'm going to the University College London. I'm doing pretty good there. But I see the church. I hear the preaching. I'm in my Bible. I'm just calling to tell you, although my dream is really to be a, a great scholar, I want to let you know I want to be a preacher, and I'm willing to go back to my country and train to be an evangelist. My name is Kenji. See, Deji's willing to go back to Lagos because he loves God. If you were called to go to your country, Nigerian brother, Nigerian sister, would you fall away or would you go and preach the word of God? See, if you wouldn't fall away, I will prove from, if, if, if you wouldn't go, I'm going to show you from scripture, you don't love God. It isn't anything to do with the church or anything. It all is to do with your love for God. You know, so many commandments in the Bible. We're going to look at it today. We're going to look at one that really stipulates all the others. I was so fired up about all the teens at our Ignite program. Yeah, the teenagers that loved it. There were 32 sold out disciples that didn't get so sucked into peer pressure right there. Uh, and of course, we had two amazing teens there. We had Kiara Hart. And we had Chris Conviction right there. Chosen, two, two disciples here in London, chosen out of the 32 radical disciples, teen disciples in all of our movements. And, and let me tell you something, they would have made you proud. I was so proud of Kiara. I love Kiara. She, she, she's awesome. And let me tell you something, Chris, he, he, got, he got a small shot to preach the word and he preached. Kip came up to me and says, that boy's been sitting at your feet, hasn't he? I go, I guess so. <laughs> Chris laid it out. And what's so powerful is I didn't pull Chris to the side and go, hey, you know, you got to perform here. You got to be passionate here. Here's what I think you ought to do. Chris saw no man when he looked at the people. He didn't even see himself. He says, God has called me and I'm here to preach the word. And he preached from his heart. It was convicting. I, I sat up straight and I went, hey, amen. I have a different respect for Chris right there. <laughs> I hope you're fired up about our teens that are sold out disciples that love God. I was excited about the 780 that attended our church builders workshop. They all went just to learn how to be a church leader because they love God. I was fired up about the church in New York. Seeing all the incredible victories they've had there. Their church is in a position where, I love Victor's preaching about the money, 81 US dollars per member. 
81, 63 pounds per, per even a team, the campus, 63 pounds per person. You know why? They're sold out because they're bought in. They're not Googling the church and wondering, looking for their faith in Google. You fall away. If you look, you searching for Google, you need to search for God. And we've even got sold out disciples that aren't searching the scriptures, they're searching Google. This is because you don't love God. And I see New York, I go, wow, this is powerful. I'm so fired up about our brother Chi and the Hong Kong mission team. He loves God. Chi left, he left with his family. He raised 20,000 of his own money to go to have the American dream. He got to America, someone shared their faith with him and taught him what it meant to be a true disciple from the Bible. He realized he was lost, he got baptized. He didn't realize that he was the only seed of hope. In this room, there are seeds of hope. If you are from a country where there is not a sold-out church, it's because you are the seed of hope. He realized we do, we do not have a church in China, and that he was the only seed of hope. What's that mean practically? He had to put himself in the ministry. He left his family with, in tears. He took the only savings that he had, 20,000 US dollars. Moved to Sydney, Australia, put himself in the ministry. When we went down to speak down there, he took Michelle and I out and he said, no, I will pay. We said, no, we'll pay. He goes, no, I will pay. I had no idea he was spending his own money. He realized that, listen, I've got to go back and save my people. He spent all 20,000, this is his, his life savings, spent it all, put himself in the ministry. Put himself in the ministry. And we just planted the Hong Kong International Christian Church. He is the preacher. Say, why did he give up the American dream? Why did he give up his money? Because he loves God. That's why. I think about our movement. It's just been 10 years. God's taken 42 sold out disciples from Portland, Oregon. I'm from Portland, amen. <laughs> Those 42 planted the City of Angels International Christian Church. And in 10 years, we are 5,500 disciples in 84 churches in 33 nations on all six populated continents of the world. Because we love God. Because we love God. That's not a movement of man, that's a movement of God. I'm excited today. We've got a young lady who's come to be baptized. Her name is Victoria. Victoria found out she wasn't a disciple. That wasn't, that wasn't challenging. I mean, that's a challenge. It's, it's, it's more challenging when you find out your leader, someone who's raised you from birth, your father, who is a preacher, is not a disciple. See, before you can be a preacher, you've got to be a disciple. You've got a lot of preachers. We're talking about being a disciple. She realized her father wasn't a disciple. And like most of us, I, I would be sad. But she didn't let that sad, sadness lead her away from God. She let that sadness turn her to God. She studied the Bible. She saw the lostness, not only in her own family, she saw her own lostness. She's come today to get baptized because she loves God. I'm fired up about Michael Green today. He's come to be baptized. Michael Green is the dashing young Englishman sitting in the front row here. 
He is single, single sisters, amen. You know, Michael is um, Michael's an incredible, incredible young man. We had uh, the first few Bible studies. Of course, I, I'll never forget Jamie Gordine says, hey, I got, I got a guy. I got a guy that loves the Lord. And of course, you know how it is when, when you say you love the Lord, the Lord will put you to the test because he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those that are called. And we sat down with Michael and it was very evident that Michael had searched scripture. Michael had watched tapes and videos. He says, you brought, I've seen. Michael tells me, he says, I watched every single YouTube video on that principle right there. Okay, wow, that's intense. That's a guy who's seeking God. And yet with all that knowledge, Michael came to the reality through Bible study with Colby, with all the guys, that he wasn't a disciple, that he wasn't saved, and that he's a seed of hope for this country. That it's time that English men stand up for Jesus. And today he's come to be baptized. again do you love God do you love God Matthew chapter 22 you guys still with me here Matthew chapter 22 let's go over to Matthew here Matthew says something so incredible this is this scripture here I've read it over and over but let me tell you something you know the Word of God is living and active you continue to read and search those scriptures God will speak to you he will speak to you. He spoke to me in this one here. He says this in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34. Of course, Jesus is dealing with the intellectually elite, the Pharisees and Sadducees who hated each other. But, you know, you're always unified in when you want to come against Jesus. So you can hate each other in the world. But soon as it's, when Jesus is the common denominator, they came together. And they came together in their, 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 their argument and their disagreement with his teachings. It says in verse 34, it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. That's our call today. To silence those who are Sadducees. So it's not only Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And the church said, Jesus just says something. He says, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul and your mind. There's no separation between those three principles. There is no, you know, I'm the love your, the Lord your God with all my heart camp. That's the church I go to. I, I'm a heart kind of guy. There is no, well, I'm a mind kind of guy. You know me, I just, I'm an intellectual, so I, I'm more rational, so I, 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 amen for you heartsy kind of people. And then there's the, oh, I'm a soul man. I want to feel my relationship with God, and that is awesome. 
It is great to feel, but feelings are not the truth. It may be true what you feel right now, but your feelings are not the truth, because the feelings will change. The truth does not change. And the truth is Jesus' word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the Scriptures do not change. I want to persuade you. John 17, verse 17, study it out for yourself. Right here. He makes it clear. You cannot separate these three. Jesus what you love determines who you are. What you love determines who you are. That's what he's trying to communicate to them. Because they didn't love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And yet today we have to ask ourselves, do we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? He says the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The very simple principle here is to love God and to love people. To love God and to love people. You know, he says all the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. That, that sounds pretty easy unless you know all the commandments. And I'm sure we know all the commandments of the Old Testament. 613 commandments. 613. 365 are negative, 248 positive. He says every, it all hangs on this right here. Loving God and loving people. You know what's so convicting about this? Because it says, if you don't love God, and you don't love people, you can't do any of the other commandments. It says all the law of the prophets hang on these two. Of course, there are 50 commandments in the New Testament. So let's just talk about the New Testament. He says, this one here is the one that supersedes every other command that I've given you. And so we ask some simple questions. Or we deduce some simple things. According to this scripture, it is impossible to go and make disciples unless you love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. See, why do we have a hard time going and making disciples? Because that command hangs on this one. You gotta love God before you even go try to make a disciple. How come somebody can't make a disciple? They don't love God. You say, well, I love God. Well, do you love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength? See, all the other commandments hang on this, this one here. People don't make disciples because they don't love God. God calls us to forgive our brother. It's impossible to forgive your brother when you're not loving God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. You say, I got forgiveness issues. Don't worry about it. It's a relationship with God. See, you just got to fall in love with God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, start loving people. Then you'll be able to do all the other commandments. It's impossible to obey your leaders or submit to authority if you don't love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It's impossible to love your enemies if you don't love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It's impossible to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you don't love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. All, every other commandment hangs on this one. It's impossible to deny yourself 
and to take up your cross daily. When you don't love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It's impossible to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. When you don't love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It, it, is, it, is, it is impossible to give up everything. Luke chapter 14. If you don't love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, without your strength. All the other commandments that we try to do, come back to this one. So it all starts and stops with your love for God and your love for people. You say, I want to I make disciples. Awesome. Fall deeper in love with God. Love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Point number one. Love God with all your mind. We got a chance to see the fight, of course, early this morning. And uh, between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. It was a beating, of course. Floyd Mayweather won the fight. I appreciated Conor's heart. I appreciated Floyd's endurance. I appreciated Conor's aggression. Uh, but I appreciated Floyd's technique. And those are all things that we need as, as true disciples. We need heart, we need endurance, we need aggression and technique. And of course our aggression needs to be to seek and save the lost. And of course there was a statement that was made that boxing is a thinking man's sport. You know Christianity is a thinking man or woman's religion. It, it, is, it isn't for just the emotional people. It's for the rational people. It's for the people who, who really desire knowledge. This is a thinking man's religion. This isn't just for the, 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 the emotional people. That's the reason why he says you got to love God with all your mind. What's so convicting is if you're loving God with all your heart, but you're not loving God with all your mind, if you're me and you're not doing your ICCCM. <laughs> if you're loving God with all your heart, but you're not loving God with all your mind, but you're loving God with all your soul, you know what? You don't love God. They're not separated. They're all the same. We've got to love God with all of our mind. Do you think the truth about God? Not what you feel about Him. Do you think the truth about God? Do you think the truth about his word? Do you think the truth about it? I'm talking about what the Bible says. Hey, if you live by the spirit, you won't, desire to, you won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Do you go, eh, yeah, yeah, that's easy for Michael Hart to do, you know, but me, I can't. You just lost the battle. You don't think the truth about the truth. We're not in a battle with just impurity, pornography. We're in a battle of ideas. We're in a fight for your mind. Some of you right now, you've been on Facebook, you haven't even been focused. See if I got any likes. Doesn't matter if God didn't like me. Let me see if this person. Yeah, yeah, I love God, love God. 
See how hard it is for us to love God with our mind? Distracted. Do you think the truth about God? If you think the truth about God, you probably think the truth about the Word of God. And if you think the truth about the Word of God, you may think the truth about yourself. Do you think the truth about yourself? If you're a sold out disciple, you are a sold out disciple. If you died today, you would go to heaven. You are a Christian, you are saved. You're not gonna be saved, but you are saved right now. You're a disciple, God loves you. That's what the Bible teaches. That is the truth. When you love God. But we have other thoughts. We don't think the truth about God. I don't think we think the truth about the Word of God. And we don't think the truth about ourselves. We don't think the truth about ourselves. We don't think the truth about other people. You won't think the truth about your past. You won't think the truth about your future. We've got to love God with all of our mind. We're in a battle of ideas. We're in a battle of ideas. One of the ideas is the Word of God. The Word of God. There are only three worldviews in the entire world. These are the, there's only three. You can deduce every, every teaching is in one of these three worldviews. View number one. The earth exists. I think you all believe the earth exists, right? You're here. But some believe the earth exists and that's it. View number two. God exists. Some people believe God exists and that's it. That this is just a hallucination. And then there's others that believe, like myself, that the earth exists because God exists. All the religions in the entire world fall in one of these three categories. You either believe the earth exists without God, God exists without the earth, or God exists, therefore the earth exists. All these worldviews are built around four ideas. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. Origin, your worldview, whatever it is, whoever you are sitting out there today, your worldview has to describe origin. Origin of humanity, where do we come from? Whether it's genetic mutation or evangelization. Where, where do we, your worldview has to explain that. Your worldview has to explain meaning. How is the meaning of life described by your worldview? How is it described? What is the purpose for your life? There's millions of books, millions of ideas on what the purpose for your life is. And yet all you have to do is turn to Revelation chapter 4 verse uh, 11 and it says, for God's will. You were created for God's will. You got off there thinking, oh man, what's our purpose? Just turn to Revelation. If the Bible is your worldview and you love God with your mind, your worldview has to explain your morality. How do you get your moral compass? What's right and what's wrong? What, what do you, what do you, what, what, what is it? Where do you get it from? Do you get it from the word of God? Do you get right or wrong from the government? Do you get right or wrong from your parents? Do you get right or wrong from good friends? Do you get right or wrong from how you feel? Or do you get it from the word of God? And destiny. What's going to happen when you die? Your worldview has to describe that. Of course, I believe 
when you're a sold out disciple. When you die, you go to heaven. No more council tax. Man, that is going to be incredible. I think this helps us because, you know, some people out there, you may say, well, how do you know Jesus? Well, how do you have to study him all out? You don't have to study. Just start with those three worldviews. Start with those three worldviews. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.